Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm here with Tom DeAngelis and our friend Cameron Norris. Guys, good to be here with you. Thanks, Pleasure. Rob. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Uh, for those of you who have joined us before, Reflections from the Heart, as you know, is a gospel reflection. Uh, for those who are new, what that means is we look at the gospel that will be proclaimed this coming Sunday, and it just gives us a chance to allow the Lord to, to speak to our hearts, to prepare our hearts for, uh, for Mass on Sunday, but for the moment. God is the God of now, so He has something that He wants to say to us here in the studio, as well as to each one of you. So uh, let's, uh, let's pray for each other. And Cameron, if you could lead us in that prayer. I'd love to. Thank wonderful. you. Father God, we love you. We thank you for loving us first and for calling us. Pray, Lord, that today as we get into your word, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear the revelation that you have for us. We thank you for your blessing on all of us and for the people listening. We thank you, Lord, that you have big plans for our lives and you have a calling and a destiny and identity for each and every one of us. We thank you, Father God, that as we come to get to know you better and come closer in relationship with you, that we will understand your heart more for us and the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, thank you, brother. Tom, if you can read the gospel. Sure. Uh, this is, again, is from Luke 12, verses 49 to 53. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish, wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do not think that I have come to establish peace on the earth. No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. So, Tom, this week when we were putting together our food for thought, so for, uh, for those of you who uh, may receive that, uh, we, we have a, a weekly uh, gospel reflection sheet that goes out to folks that uh, minister to, to young people or in nursing homes, and, uh, and they've requested some questions. So our typical gospel reflection sheet that you can access from our website or that is emailed out to, uh, to Gospel Reflection participants th doesn't have any questions, just has the gospel and the readings and, and some lines to write notes. Uh, but we started doing this, I don't know, eight oh, years ago. ago. I mean, yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a, a, while, a long time. Wow. So I usually get it going. Uh, yeah. I'll format the paper. I'll throw a question on there, and then I'll send it to whoever's working on it with me. And now Tom D. Yeah. Uh, Tom D. Angels and I are, are doing that. And for the first time in eight years, 
I sent it without any questions, with a note like an SOS help. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, I, I'm, I, I'm been, having I've trouble with this one. Yeah, how'd it go? Uh, good. I um, prayed, and the yeah. Holy Spirit worked. And he, uh, we usually have three, and he sent back three questions that the Holy Spirit gave him. So, That's Tom, awesome. you, you, it, you know, what? It, what it just happened to work this time. Sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I I drill a dry hole too. You yeah, know, right. you just look at it and you go, nothing's coming to me. Yeah. You know, and I, literally, I've done this, Rob. I mean, I've spent, I've read the gospel over three or four times, and I've sat there at my desk trying to come up with a question for five, eight minutes, ten minutes. Sometimes, just what about that? No, that's not it. What about that? No. So but where? This so one, so where, where? Where did Lord take well, you in that this, journey here? This was a little. This was helpful because. I didn't completely understand what it was, so I asked the questions that I would have asked. Like, for example, what do you think Jesus meant by saying that he has come to set the world on fire? And why would he wish it were already blazing? And so I reflected on that and thought, well, the only thing that really kind of makes sense there, and I've never read an interpretation of this, is just probably his love. Right, he wants to set the world on fire with his love, and he how he wishes it were already blazing, because then he goes on to say, and then I think that was the probably the next question or one of the questions was, what's this baptism? You know that he has to be baptized with that he has great anguish. I thought probably it's the middle near you know toward toward the middle of Luke's gospel, you know mid to late part of the gospel of his life. Then he's probably talking about his passion, you know that he has to be you know, suffer and be crucified and die. So that probably was, because he did for, start to foreshadow that. And I thought, well, that's, you know, for us as Catholics, that's the, that's the supreme act of love, that he died for, for us. When we, as St. Paul says, while we were already sinners, you know, he died for us. You know, it might be possible that somebody would die for a good man, but for sinners, you know, for people who have offended you, for people who have, you know, hated you, maybe rebelled against you, worshipped the idols, you know. But that's the, the that's how. So I asked the questions that I didn't have answers to when I read <laughs> over it, which that was probably a good insight right there. But uh, and then you know, as you ponder them, you kind of come up with. With some ideas, but the one I didn't, I didn't really get a whole lot of insight in was the second part of this story here is about the divisions, you know? I mean, I understand that the, the divisions will come up if we love, you know, with unconditional uh, abandoned love like Jesus did, that there will be difference. I mean, you know, there's people in our families, for example, who think that that's silly. You know, that's just, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you, why would you do that? Why would you go out in the street and help homeless people. Let them pull themselves up with their bootstraps or something. But it's not only that 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 would happen, because that I mean that kind of is an easy way to look at it. But he he goes into specific examples here and he he's like he's emphasizing he's like drilling it in. He gives he gives a father and the son and then the mother and the daughter and then he even gets into the in laws, you know. <laughs> like yeah. it's like this is gonna this is gonna go deep into your family. This isn't just, you know, well, a passing acquaintance who might have a difference of opinion with you, you know. So that's the one that still, to me, is a little bit of a puzzle. But uh, I don't know, maybe you guys have any insight on that. I, well, I love what you're sharing, Tom. I, I, as we were reflecting on this a little earlier, when I read Set the Earth on Fire and you wish it was already blazing, I think of a blaze as with the 
fiery passion of God. Like he wants his people to be on fire for the Father, to be on fire, just have a passion. I mean, we're, we're, we're preparing ourselves for a wedding feast. To, to talk about just in the natural, a husband and wife, like what husband doesn't want the wife to be fiery, passionate for what's about to take place? And if that's what we're leading up to, I could see how he wishes that was already taking place. And the baptism, I think you're right. I think that's what he was headed to is God's judgment. That had to take place for the marriage to be able to take place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the two things go hand in hand. But as it talks about the, uh, he didn't come to bring peace, to establish peace on earth, but rather division, the Bible is completely true. It's infallible. But if you just took out one line at a time and you didn't have the Holy Spirit breathing on it, you could say that it it contradicts itself. You think of Jesus, who's the Prince of Peace, saying, I didn't come to establish peace. Right. Well, which is it? If he came to to establish division, I would say the same way the example I was given about the husband and the wife. Like, you want, I want my wife— to have a fiery passion for me all the time, to, to want that connection, to want that time, to want that intimacy together. And even when we're not in the same room together, I'm thinking about her. I think the same takes place with a relationship between Christ and us. Even when we, we don't have this sense of, you know, if we're not at church, if we're just at home in the kitchen by ourselves, Maybe we're not in the room together, so to speak. But I think he wants that same passion. He's thinking about us all the time. It says his thoughts for us are as many as the sand. That's a lot of thoughts. I think, I think he wants that relationship, the intimacy. Getting back to the peace part, I think for me, naturally, um, I do try to be a peacekeeper. So by that, I just mean I have a desire to please people and to make everyone happy. I don't think it's effective in maybe getting to some of things that could be broken. It'd be like putting duct tape on a broken pipe, right? Like, I just want to keep the peace right now. I don't want this to escalate. So how's the weather? (laughs) You know, and and to be honest, I, I... fall into that sometimes, where on the other hand, Jesus wasn't afraid to say things that upset the crowd because he did not have two thoughts in mind. He had one thought, I'm going to do what I see the Father doing, and that's it. And do I have that same thought every time that I'm doing something? Um, I think think Jesus did it well. Uh, Proverbs 9.10, I was thinking about this morning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I think another way of paraphrasing that is the fear of man is the beginning of a person's downfall. Mm. Am Am I afraid to draw a line in the sand and say, this is where I stand? Or do I want a little bit of a blurred line to keep the peace? I think it's more important, especially reading through this Luke 12, 49, 
He doesn't say peace at all costs. Mm-hmm. Right. Rather, he says, pick a side. Choose this day who you will serve. It's, uh, you, got, you guys went deep quick. You, <laughs> Lots you, of jumped, you jumped in. And you brought us deep. You brought us deep. Uh, and we guys were talking about the fire. I'm thinking uh, about a sharing that a, a gentleman had recently this, you know, this, this week, this past week, where he said, what does a fire do? And what, you know, a fire cleanses, a fire warms, a fire... Um, brings people together, like, yeah. you know, around a bonfire, fire pit, mm-hmm. connects people. And so he, uh, he really went down the road of, of connection and relationship. Yeah. And, I, and I think it really couples with what you guys are saying, you know, the, the fire of God's love. What does God love? Who does God love the most out of his creation? It's us, right. right? And what does he want us to do? He wants us to love each other and be connected with each other in his name because then that's, he's going to be found, right? When there's, when there's connection yeah. and there's... Uh, people coming together in his name. Uh, and then the peace, because I think there's some work that needs to take place. Like for him to be the prince of peace, Cameron, as you're saying, and make peace, like force peace upon us, I don't think that's how he rolls, right? Yep. So when we accept him into our lives as our savior and we live for him and we're all in, then we experience that peace that surpasses all understanding, right? So it, it, you know, we have to, he wants us to, participate in that like establishing peace is like okay here i'm here peace done right but there's still our free will yeah right so i can choose to not be kind to you right and be going you know go after you at everything you do there's not gonna be much peace in our relationship yeah right so you know this division that happens i think you know a lot of it's our free will right um but when we accept him into our lives and and live for him and realize that that our self worth isn't the sum is not the sum total of our accomplishments plus the opinion of others. Yeah. All right. So the you know I'm I'm a people pleaser as well. Like sometimes it's that gets us in that trap. It's like yeah. okay, I need to do good things and I need to make sure that people think highly of me. Right. In order for me to be okay. Right. That's that's the evil one. I mean that's like that's a roller coaster ride that'll take us in places we don't want to go. Because yep. then we'll do things that we shouldn't do to right. accomplish. And we'll do things that we shouldn't do to make people think a certain way about us. Yeah. And that's like, that's a, that's a ride that I do not want to be on. So uh, this is, this, this is some, some beautiful, heavy teaching here yeah. that, that the Lord has given us. Uh, but that, that fire of love or that all-consuming fire, that's, I, I want that. I want, I want to receive that. And I, he wants to give it. We have to be, God's a giver of all good gifts, but then he backs away. Says, here's my buffet. I like to use food, right? Here's my buffet here. Peace, love, joy, hope, kindness, right? And here's the world's buffet. Right. And then he says, choose. Yeah. Right. And I want I want to choose his, but it's still a choice every day. Like what what where where where, where am I gonna go? Where what line am I gonna stand in to be fed? Um, and then the fruit of that feeding will be either peace, if we're feeding from our Lord's buffet, or <laughs> or uh, lack of peace. Yeah. As you're sharing that, this example comes to mind, and I hope that I can articulate it well because it's it's kind of developing as we're talking. Um, you're talking about free will, and in the passage, we're talking about division. I think of the Garden of Eden. God put in the Garden of Eden the tree of life. He put in the garden 
the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think sometimes I try to cut down the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and burn it and throw it away and say, but he's the one that put it there, right? The enemy didn't put that tree in the garden. And God said, choose. There's a line right there. That's the division. Choose choose who you'll serve. And when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they didn't just disobey God. They obeyed another master. So that's that was the handing over of the keys that had been given to them. They choose they chose who they're going to obey. So I think this dividing line that we're talking about, there's always going to be a choice. Uh, you can't have love without free will. He, he, didn't, he didn't program us to love him. He wants us to choose him, and he chooses us, but we get to make that choice, which tree are we going to go after? Yeah. Well, and, and you think of it, I mean, there really is uh, the original union. As you know, Pope John Paul talks about in Theology of the Bodies, there, there's this original unity that exists between God and, and, and Adam and Eve, and then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you think about it, is the separation, you know? So you're going to say, you're going to choose to, you're going to define what's good and evil for you by going ahead and doing what I told you will separate us, right? So, but that's the tree. So it, that line that you're drawing between the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because as soon as you step over that line and you grab that, fr- that fruit, you're already there. And that's, and that's something that we do. The other thing, too, I think we have to keep in mind, and uh, it doesn't take anything away from the power or the significance of stepping over that line or grabbing that, you know, that, that fruit of the, of, the, of the knowledge of good and evil is the fact that that's all illusory. You know, God's saying he, the choice is between what you have here, which is real, which is me and us and this union that we have together and, and all that I've created, especially you, and this other thing that doesn't really exist. It's, it's a lie. I mean, the father of lies is the one who, who brings this in, thing in here. Evil is by definition the opposite of the ultimate reality, which is God. So it's the ultimate unreal. It's the false. It's... It's we bought into a lie. It is another master, but it's the illusion of a master. It's somebody who sets himself up against God and has no standing. It's just, it's, it's, a, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a false reality. I remember this. I think it was Stephen Covey or somebody back in the 80s or the 90s that said, it's a false um, evidence appearing real. You know, that's all that evil is. That's not to minimize it. It's certainly a powerful force in our lives. But that that tree is itself the division that you that you were talking about. It's 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 I choose something other than you, and there isn't anything else. You know, it's an illusion. It's a falsehood. It's a it's a deception. It's an, ultimately it's a lie. It's a big it's a big lie. But I'll take that over this because I think that might be better. Right? Just I mean, you think about that. It's, right. Why would you ever want to go back over that line when you see that reality? Like, get me out of here as quick as you can, you know. Unfortunately for the human race in general, it took, what, 4,000 years or something of history before we got to the, we got, we got to the Messiah. So, you know, thank God we're, we live in the time that we live in now, that we have that, that benefit. And all we have to do 
is keep ourselves back on that side of the line, you know. So, but there is a beauty in that in that unity that uh, what's called the original unity that we're brought back into in our baptism, in our reconciliation with, you know, with the Lord, with God, the Father. I love the uh, false evidence appearing real. It's you know, it's fear, yeah. right? So right. F E A R. That's right. right. So that's, it's, uh, and th- doesn't the evil want us to live in fear? Absolutely. I mean, he he wants us to get isolated, to isolate ourselves, to live yep. in fear and despair. And, yeah, um, and, and think about it. What was the line that he used on Eve? And what did it? A lot of people say it was pride, and I think that was the response. But what what did he say? You know, did God tell you you couldn't eat of any of the fruit in the garden? She says, no, 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 it's just the fruit of this tree. And he says, that's not true. That's not. So, so what, he, what happens if somebody says that to you? Like, you've been believing something that's not really true, you know? So what's the first thing is, I'm being gypped. I'm being cheated. I, there's more here, and somebody's holding out on me. There's that fear that I'm not getting what I deserve. Right. And of course, that's the beginning of the response to that is, well, I'm going to get what I deserve. That's the, that's the sin of pride. It's the that's same the response. It's but just... what triggers it is that I'm not getting what I need, you know? Go ahead. Uh, sorry for interrupting. Yeah, no it, it's the same playbook that, yeah. the, that the enemy used then. Like, yeah. did God really say that to you? Yeah. It's, it's the same thing that he uses today. Yeah. I'll just think of one example that easily comes to mind. When a woman's pregnant, is that a baby or is that just a fetus? Like, is it, is, were you created in the image of God or maybe you just evolved from an ape? We're just smart mammals. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. So the enemy can't create things. All he can do is give you the wrong version of something that God created for good, like a a Mm -hmm. perversion of, did God create sex and for it to be good? Yes. Can you twist that a little bit and make it bad? Obviously. Yeah. I mean, we could, we could go through the examples, but I think, I think you understand what I'm, what I'm getting at. The same playbook of, do you really, is that how it's supposed to, yeah. do you yeah. think, I don't know, did God really mean Is that, that really what the evidence is telling you, yeah. or could it be another? Yeah. yeah. Are you really no longer alive or dead? Yeah. Are you really dead, but now alive in Christ? Like, is that really possible that the yeah. old man is dead? I don't know. You yeah. seem like the same person to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you what the voice is. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. And and that's the playbook. That's yeah. the, that's and, the, and the fear playbook. of loss too. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, your life's gonna be so boring now. Yeah. Like, like you're you're not gonna have anything to do. I mean, all that. You know, all those whispers, all those whispers. And, yeah. and Tom, I wrote something that you said, fear of getting what I deserve or fear of, of not getting what I deserve. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that for me is... But you got uh, everything. Yeah. You're, you're with God I'm, in the garden. Yeah. There, what, there isn't anything else. What if there is, though? And, what we, if don't there de- is? and we don't deserve anything. Like, right. I, I want I right. to ask God to just put that on my heart that really I don't, I don't deserve anything. Not because of you, yeah. but because of uh, him. Yes. Now that you're a son yeah. and a co-heir, yeah. It, so it, I understand what you're what you're getting at. Are we deserving? No, nothing I did all puts gift. me there. But because I've been adopted, and now I'm a co-heir, there's certain things that are mine, which mm-hmm. are everything that's his, and, and not in not in a I did this kind of way, but just. 
understanding the reality of what side of the cross we live on, mm-hmm. knowing that my sins have been forgotten, I can now come boldly into the throne room. And, and we only have a few minutes here left. I'll just tell a, a quick story that I heard recently that, that really stands out to me about that subject. The president of the United States, and I'm not talking about the one today. I just mean the office. If his son walks into the room, he has total access to the Oval Office. He has total access to the president anytime he wants because that's his daddy. He's allowed to be there where other people wouldn't be allowed to have the same kind of access. And I think sometimes I can go to God in a with a wrong mindset of, I don't really deserve to be able to talk to you, but I really want to. And, and I feel like in that time, God wants to say, you're discounting what Jesus did. You're taking away this. The price was paid for you. The lamb was slain. You were covered in the blood for you to be able to be here. So it, it's a... It's a paradigm of, I don't deserve access, but also access has been paid for. So why would you not hold that receipt up and say, here, I'm allowed in? And, and that's beautiful, Cameron. Thank you for, for peeling back the onion. Because um, if, we, if we don't approach it in that manner or that way, that, that, that mindset, that heart set, then it can fall into entitlement. Yeah. That, you know, it's still, it's all gift. I mean, our everything is gift. Yeah. So that's that's uh, beautiful that you that you uh, brought us down that road. And and I've been reading a book, and it's encouraging the readers based on examples to detachment. Right. That not that we don't care anymore. It's not that, like, that we don't adopt a spirit of I don't care, but that I mean it's all God's anyway. And if He allows me in this moment to have access to certain things and and you know opportunities and jobs whatever but if something shifts you know it wasn't mine to begin with and I, i'm not i'm not clinging so i think with uh with our with our journey that journey of detachment is uh, is another one that'll help us be free i mean that's what jesus wants to come he wants he, he came to 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 give us freedom uh not to be enslaved to anything sin material objects relationships Right, so be completely detached and dependent on our Lord. So, Hallelujah. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining today and everyone out there. God bless each and every one of you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 717- 367 0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.